This is out of bounds. This is out of bounds. Another Monday evening for the weird, wacky, and wild and borderline interesting in all of the sports world. That's me, O'Brien. I'm John Alba. Oh boy, what are we? Let's say April 17th, midway through April, Mia. How about that? Time is flying by, John. 2023 looks good on you and me. Yeah, quarter one in the books. Now we're heading into the second quarter. The load management starting to get the best of us here. Are you feeling rejuvenated after being on the bench for a couple weeks? Like you, you getting your legs back underneath you? Um, I'm getting my voice back. So that's a positive. Um, I would say in terms of my actual like body and like getting all the things done that I thought I would get done during my tonsillectomy hiatus. Uh, not so much. There's still several like house projects and things like that, that I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have tons of time to do it then. Um, has not happened, but thankfully, uh, I am able to, uh, breathe, eat, talk all the good things. Um, so that has been very, very nice the last week plus, um, including partaking in a bachelorette party. And so, uh, yeah, feeling that, you know, the side effects of that, you know, minimal, like, you know, indigestion and whatever. Of course. The nature, your, our bodies, they aren't as young as they used to be, one John Alba. To be fair, you've been treating your body like that for as long as I've known you. So. Not wrong. But, you know, eventually there comes a time where even I will have to say, you know what, maybe I'm only going to have two or three glasses tonight. <laughs> I can't necessarily be doing shots anymore, especially with my new non-tonsil throat. You're like barely five feet, right? You're five yeah. foot? I'm five two. You're five two? Really? I went to the doctor for my physical last Monday. Interesting. I wouldn't have pegged you for five two, but I can attest that you are a creature when it comes to food and beverage. There are a few people that match I enjoy up. trying new things. I enjoy There's nothing wrong with enjoying trying new things. I'm living saying, it up. You're a tank. I don't know. And oh, I'm not yeah. even just talking alcohol, like just straight yeah, up. Food too. Yeah, food too. That's true. I, I, I did um, decline a second lunch at our company golf outing today, um, which was a step in the right direction after the pain that a second lunch caused me at the Players' Championship and may or may not have led to uh, my demise of my stomach the rest of that week. Mm. Okay, well, we're sharing all the details here on Adabam. It's a beautiful like to, TMI Monday. If you'd like to share your details, please, kynchat.com. Leave us at Super Chat. Or if you're watching on YouTube, just go ahead and comment. And there goes our overlay. Now it's back. Uh, but uh, leave us a comment. We want to hear from you and all your weird digestion stories. Or if you want to talk about sports, that's what we do here on Out of Bounds as hey, well. We have a lot of experience with weird digestion stories. So this is probably... The forum. Yeah, it's... it's Or rather, the two people to speak on that. It's more so the upper indigestion and, and reflux and feeling like you're choking on air. It's super fun, but this is even more fun. Jalen Hurts, me, O'Brien. I want to send our toast to him, okay? Okay, let's send our do- opening toast to Jalen Hurts, because Jalen Hurts is the richest man in professional football as of today. And in the history of the game, as a matter of fact, because he picks up a brand spanking new five-year, $255 million contract that will keep him in Philly through 2028, and it includes $175 million in guarantees, making him the highest-paid player in NFL history. So before we talk about it, a little toast, I got a Wawa peach uh drink oh. that uh, i have enhanced oh. i have enhanced with some other supplements Excellent. but uh love that i will be drinking water right. because uh i'm only at the 1 p.m line and i'm supposed to be a lot higher gotta by catch now up. gotta catch up here we go yes. cheers to Jalen. all righty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so i ask you mia with that all said here who looks dumber here the eagles are giving him all this guaranteed money off one mvp season or the people who doubted Jalen Hurts along the way. Jalen Hurts didn't win the MVP, though. No, um, an MVP caliber season. Caliber. Okay. All the more reason. And that's something we debated on my daily show, uh, uh, good old XL Primetime on 1010XL earlier today, which is how do you think Patrick Mahomes feels about this? I mean, yes. Patrick Patrick's, Mahomes made his bed, man. He, he signed that deal. And his overall contract is still worth more than Jalen Hurts' deal. Is. And so that's mm-hmm. where I think the, you know, for anybody who's like, oh, my God, if I'm him, I'm going to demand more money. This is going to be just like the wide receiver market last year when Christian Kirk got his bag. 
the thing is, is that when you look at this, it's through 2028. Mm-hmm. Five-year deal. Between Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, what Joe Burrow is inevitably going to get, heck, even what Lamar Jackson has been trying to get, we've seen so much more of the eight to 10 year deals for these premier franchise quarterbacks. And so if anything, the fact that Jalen Hurts only got a five year deal, yes, there's a lot more money up front. And that's a good thing for him because it ensures that even if the Eagles have, you know, a step back or two and maybe they pivot, he's still going to get his money. It's not like Patrick Mahomes' deal, which is way more heavy on the back end. Um, but no, at the same time, like, yeah, I mean, who's to say that the Eagles didn't catch lightning in a bottle? Who's to say that the rest of the veteran pieces around Jalen Hurts were playing at their ceiling mm-hmm. and maybe their peak has already been passed and he was a byproduct of their success and them helping elevate him. Um, I think the positive for the Eagles, um, even with Miles Sanders walking in free agency, I mean, running backs at this point in time are a dime a dozen, is Dallas Goddard's only been in the league two more years than Hurts. Um, AJ Brown, I believe was also drafted in 2018, 2019. So he's still relatively young. Um, Devonta Smith obviously came in the same year or no, a year after Jalen. So they're a young team. They're a young team. And and those guys are young, but that defense is not. And that's where I would have questions because, you know, you know, people talk about the 2017 Jags. You can't, you can't blame a quarterback for a defense's shortcomings. So right, but it does allow for him to have more possessions. And we could also look to that offensive line, which I mean, Lane Johnson's getting up there, Jason Kelsey's getting up there. That's not the point I'm making. I'm talking about like in as far as an investment is concerned, you can't be concerned about it being a poor investment if your defense faults down the line like that. I don't think those things are mutually exclusive to one another. And what I'm more happy than anything else is I do think we're reaching a point where we recognize collectively as a league, the value in paying your guys guaranteed money when they prove that they are worth it. And truthfully, more players have proven that they are worth guaranteed money. I mean, thank you. It just it's with the amount of money that exists in football, how more contracts aren't guaranteed at a higher level is still beyond me that we haven't gotten to that point yet, Mia. So who is most upset about this Jalen Hurts deal? And why is it Lamar Jackson or is it someone else? Lamar Jackson. I I would agree with that. Lamar Jackson certainly has a gripe to be served, but there is somewhat of an age difference not not all that much but but there is somewhat of an age difference there and Lamar's body has taken a little more beating but I I do want to go back real quick to the point here do the Eagles look bad for jumping the gun and making this investment and it is a lot of money or or is this really uh, we're saying hey guys you you doubted this hurts character for x amount of years keep in mind this guy was pulled from the national championship game at the collegiate level and they said, oh, he's not even worth being a second-round pick, let alone a first-round pick. And look what this guy's accomplished. Even with a rookie year that saw him fumble the ball nine times, Mia, it, I think the doubters have been officially proven wrong with this contract, regardless of how it plays out. And knowing the cost of a dollar and the cost of doing business in the National Football League, what other choice did the Eagles have? I mean, you look at what is going on in Baltimore right now. The other option is you tag him at the end of this year, And then you tag him again and you hold him against his will without making the money that perhaps he even merits because perhaps he merits more money than what the franchise tag Mm. suggests. And so, I mean, that was the other option. And you look at the discontent and the entire team in Baltimore that now doesn't know who their starting quarterback is. I mean, maybe they do because Odell Beckham clearly thinks that it's going to be Lamar. Um, But the malcontent and the bad PR, do you really want to sign up for that if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, if you do that? Well, and on top of that, too, you may as well get him signed now because if if we're to believe that these contracts are going to keep going up, up, and up, and up. And, and if we're to believe with the TV deal coming in next year with the Amazon sure. money, it's going to kick everybody's cap sure. up 50 mil. So if we're to believe that we're going to see even more increases in the next few years, why not make this deal now? Why not? And you still... And you have- get ahead of, I hate to say it, you get ahead of the Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert deals yeah. that are coming. Yeah, and I would expect those are going to be mega deals as well. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be the highest played fo- player in football for a very long period of time. I- and moreover, the fact of the matter is, unlike Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Tua Tagovailoa, for that matter, you don't have the luxury of the fifth-year option. And so 
you couldn't kick the can any further down the road if you hope to get a long-term deal done. So, no, I think this is good business on both parties. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it, it literally is the cost of doing business. If anything, I would have been curious being in the negotiating room, the five-year versus the 10-year deal. I mean, I also think when you're a quarterback like Hertz, who is one of those dual-threat quarterbacks, your body tends to take and a bit. And then what's Patrick Mahomes? Well, I think Patrick. A Mahomes, unicorn. I think Patrick Mahomes is a freak, and that's part of the. They, and listen, you can make an argument there because Patrick Mahomes' body has taken one hell of a beating as well. The dude won a Super Bowl on one leg this year. It's just the reality. But I also think Patrick Mahomes, with all due respect to Jalen Hurts, is a one of a one a once a generation kind of athlete that comes along. And the reason is his dad played baseball. So I think that's a huge element that has to be considered when you're dishing out. What's going to be the fun fact about the Kelsey brothers one day? I feel like I was going to, I wanted to respond with something about them because I feel like that's the next logical step. Did their dad, like, was he the guitarist in a band? Like, or their mom, their mom mom bakes cookies. Yeah, she's a very nice woman and she bakes cookies. Mm. Something like that. Thank you, Blind Dragon Paladin, for the kind words again, guys. If you want us to read your chats on air, send us a super chat right now on YouTube or KYNchat.com. Uh, that's where I stand on this hurt stuff, and uh, that's not the only moving piece in the NFC East, is it, Mio? No, talk about the money, money, money that the Washington Commanders are in line to be sold for. The saga is almost at its close, folks. Devils and 76ers owner Josh Harris agreed to purchase the Washington Commanders from Dan Snyder in the largest acquisition in sports history, a $6.05 billion deal. John, Dan Snyder's a pretty crappy human, but let us give him his obituary, his requiem. Does he go down as the worst owner in major American sports history? First off, I want to say this, too. There was a report that came out this week that suggested that NFL owners were upset with the $6.05 billion deal. They wanted more? They wanted more. They thought that the franchise could have fetched more. And I'm saying to myself, what worth does this Washington franchise have? What equity does it have coming out of Dan Snyder? Not a whole lot. How many franchise cornerstones I mean, I mean, are on the stadium the, itself? Is you state, know, you're going to need a new stadium soon. In ruins. You might relocate. The Washington D.C. market is great, but not that great. Right, and you're going to have to consider relocation as is with where they built the 97,000 seat stadium that doesn't draw anywhere close to that. The team itself, not a bad team, but. No franchise cornerstones. Mired in mediocrity for most of our lifetime. Right. No franchise cornerstones that are going to be selling tickets anytime soon. So overstating that value are the owners, in my opinion. But as far as Snyder is concerned, I think it goes without saying, and I don't think it's recency bias to suggest this, that easily the most controversial owner of the last 25 plus years in American sports, one who did sustain damage within the foundation of his franchise, the image of his franchise. We're talking about a guy that adamantly refused to change the name of his franchise when there was objection as as to it being a potential racial slur. And then when realizing that there was an opportunity to capitalize on that financially, he said, okay, we'll do it. And then you throw in the endless, endless, endless rounds of uh, investigative, what's the right term here, malpractice that has gone on within this franchise. There are very few people that come to mind in the ranks of major American sports that can even rank up here. I mean, George Steinbrenner went to prison, essentially, when he sold the team, more or less, for the Yankees because of the... Uh, issues that he had with the legal system, but I, I just, I don't know, Mia. To me, this is just a cavalcade of missteps. Honestly, for me, I have a couple other names that I would put up there with Dan. Snyder. I know you're going to put. I know you're. I know who's coming here. Okay, I know. Oh, uh, go for it. I know you're going to say Jim Irsay. No, and, and, and no. The cult ownership. Never. <laughs> Listen, Jim may be chemically imbalanced. But Jim loves the Colts, and also, guess what? The Colts, 
if only by the virtue of drafting Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck, have actually had some success say, over the last 20 But I was going to say, his his staff and their ownership. Also, have you I been to gonna... Indianapolis, John Alba? I mean, I know it's the house that Peyton built. I'm not, suggesting, I'm not suggesting that Ursay and, and the ownership group there are the Oh, no, ones. but I do want to thank – I would like to pour, uh, publicly thank Jim Ursay because he is the one that got – and Snyder out at long last, the only one with the balls or simply just being in such a trip of sorts on whatever he was taking that day, that he was the only one that stood up and said, yes, maybe we should have a conversation with Dan. Uh, no, the names I was going to bring up, John, Jerry Richardson, formerly of the Carolina Panthers before David Tepper bought the team. And then notoriously, Donald Sterling with the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, And that's yeah. where for me, obviously knowing those two scandals that – led to those two gentlemen having to sell their franchises were awful as well. And they were much more tangible in terms of evidence. Although we have found enough evidence from the Gruden administration with the Washington football team that I I, honestly, for me, I will remember Daniel Snyder most of all because he somehow survived. I don't know how, because he had blip after blip, scandal after scandal, but it was just a blip on the radar. And maybe it's because we came to expect it, but we never had this big coming to Jesus moment of, my God, we got to get rid of this guy. If anything, that watershed moment only came because of Jim Ursay and his big fat mouth. And you know what? If that's what it took, it's fascinating that, I mean, Jerry Richardson owned another National Football League franchise that, mind you, had been to a Super Bowl this century. And yet... Scandal. Who would have thought that rich white guys would be the downfall of so many prolific teams and franchises, huh? I know. I never would have thought that ever, you know, but no, I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, I also am very excited for Magic Johnson to be a part of Josh Harris's uh, controlling group because I want to know if he's going to tweet about the Washington football team now. Let's also talk about how Josh Harris now owns three professional sports franchises on the Eastern Seaboard. Pretty prominent markets. Pretty prominent franchises as well in their respective markets. So, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely going to be interesting to see how the Commanders can rebuild their reputation through that. What will you remember the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder era for? Uh, what will they be defined by? They'll be defined by a few things, in my opinion. Sexual harassment allegations, uh, Albert Hainsworth's contract, the name change, and a really, really crappy stadium. And maybe an episode of South Park, too. I can't say those words on this broadcast, though. So. Oh, well. Let's keep pushing on. Let's go over to the Speaking NBA. Of Josh Harris. Yeah, let's hit yeah. the uh, National Basketball Association, let, John. Let us, let us do that, Mia. Rough start to the NBA playoffs. John Morant, Anthony Davis, Tyler Hero, Giannis. They all suffered injuries in the opening games of the NBA playoffs in the first round. None of them appear to be headed back immediately. There are some setbacks here. Tyler Hero broke his hand, and he aren't even sure if he's going to be able to come back at all anytime soon. How much of a blow is it to the draw of the playoffs to lose all these stars so quickly in the first round? And does it ruin the equity that the NBA playoffs carry, Mia? Is it bad that I was scrolling through uh, Adam Schefter's timeline because I got the notification this morning for the official diagnosis from Tyler Hero, and it was from Schefter? Thank you, Adam. Um, Yes, officially a broken right hand. For what it's worth, Giannis's MRI came back clean, um, and John Morant is going to try to give it a go. Those are positive things in an age of load management, something we let off the show with. um, It's just ironic, right? Like the age of load management, all of a sudden injuries right off the bat. Right, well, injuries right off the bat, but also, guys, I mean – Giannis is the type of guy, I I mean, I've never met him, but, like, I get the vibe of, like, he would do anything for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, he is not going to say, meh, I got a boo-boo, I'm not going to try, or meh, could go either way, I'm not going to try to gut it out. He's the type of guy he would gut it out. Tyler Hero, as much as I think he's also too concerned about his rap career or whatever he's doing in Miami on the side, uh, another guy who, you know, he's Wisconsin-born, Midwest, I, I could see that totally being the case. Um, so, you know, I think those are guys that are going to gut it out. Moreover, I mean, Giannis aside and Anthony Davis aside, John Morant, as much as the Grizz are a top five, top three seed, 
you look at Tyler Hero with Miami Heat, it's not like these are the preeminent guys and they've been in the playoffs before and they've been to an NBA Finals before. They're coming in Miami, I know, isn't a mid-major city, but it's still a franchise that has still been, even after it made the bubble NBA Finals, is still trying to find itself of ways over the last three years. And so I think they have something to prove, and that's why they say, you know, injuries happen. Go go out and play the game. So I think all four of those guys, well, maybe not Hero because he did break his hand, um, will play. And does it sting for the playoffs? Sure, but there's enough other star power because the NBA has done a great job marketing itself. I'm not too concerned. That's that's the answer right there, that the NBA has done such a good job. It's it's the catch-22, right, where it's like too many whiny superstars in the NBA. And then when something like this happens, you're like, oh, well, it's fine. It doesn't matter because guess what? LeBron James is still playing. Kevin Durant is still playing. Even though Kevin Durant also got a little banged up, but yes. He's fine. Jimmy Butler's still playing. You have all of these big-time stars. The entire Warriors roster is still playing. Right. Steph Curry is still playing, and that is ultimately, at the end of the day, what is most significant for the NBA. Would it stink if we get to a point where, you know, we get to an NBA Finals, and it's, you know, I don't know, like the Grizzlies, and, I mean, the Heat, we could do, I mean, but you'd still have Jimmy Butler, and you'd still have... Um, you know, Jaron Jackson and some of the other dudes down in Memphis. Um, if you were to get to a scenario where you have like these two smaller market cities and they're in the finals and the preeminent star isn't there. But I think most of these teams, for better or worse, LeBron proved you can't do it alone. You at yeah. least need two tier two guys with you, whether that's Tyree, and who I don't think is tier two, by the way, and Kevin Love, or if it's Anthony Davis or whoever it is, you cannot do it alone. Giannis saw that firsthand. Davis. Anthony Davis cannot stay on the court. No. And I think that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Giancarlo Stanton at the end of the show. And um, for what it's worth, obviously you can't talk about Giancarlo without also talking about Aaron Judge. And for all the concerns about his body is so massive, he's never going to be able to carry that frame, like logistically and physically speaking. Like what's Anthony Davis then in reality? No, I mean, he's really that different. No, he's six foot ten and can't stay on the court. I, I do think it's one of those situations where uh, the NBA has protected itself with these superstars. So the next time you sit out there complaining, oh, these players they're overpaid and they just they don't want to actually show. I got a big argument at a wedding this past weekend. Yeah, tell where, me more, John. I want to hear more about this wedding too. I just said I was talking to a guy. We were talking about sports, and I was saying to him that for my money, I think NBA athletes, especially the elite ones are just the most incredible physical specimens that I've seen as far as the pro sports are concerned, that they're just built so differently. And he's like, well, no, they just, they, they sit and then, you know, they regimented training that sets them up. I was like, dude, it's, do you realize how gifted you have to be to be six foot 10 and as fluid as some of these guys are I mean well and moreover it's you know with all due respect because football you know the National Football League I mean you're literally getting in a physical car crash collision every single day you step out onto the field if you play on the offensive or defensive line um but at the same time there is some level of padding there is some level of a helmet ditto to hockey ditto to lacrosse baseball obviously it's mostly non-contact and so that's where basketball I mean it is really the only sport outside of perhaps wrestling where you it is just you yeah, no, nothing else. 100%. That's why I, I just crack up when I hear that. And then people like to pick at the stars. But who are you tuning in to watch at the end of the day? You're tuning in to watch the stars. Come on. Just You're not wrong. I want to know, though. I'm pulling up the bracket or the bracket. Yeah. But like, you know, the playoff bracket of sorts. Um, who do you got? A way too early prediction. Who do you like uh, in these first opening few rounds? <sighs> I mean, like, the Suns have to win this year. Correct. They have to. Correct. And if they don't, I'm still. I honestly, you want my honest? I yeah, really. I want your honest opinion, sir. I, Sip I, that I, Arnold Palmer. I, Give me that honest opinion. I think the Bucks are going to do it again. I do too. I, I think it's going to be Bucks honest- Suns again, and I think, but I do think it's it's got to be Suns and six this time. What do they do if it's not, you know? But no, I agree. I Kevin Durant's foot would be behind the line again and cost them another ugh, against that the Bucks nonetheless. I would imagine. Never heard it. Um, no, but if we look down the line, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't I don't think even, you know, with or without Tyler Hero, Miami Heat will be able to uh pull the one pull this one off against the Bucks. Um, what do you think of your Knicks? 
they're not your Knicks. I'm a Nets fan. Yeah. I know, I know, but like you're in New York. No, I mean, so. I, don't, I don't put any. Are people talking about the Knicks? I mean, people are talking about them, but I, I don't think people look at them as a team that's going to make noise. I think the Sixers are a team that could make noise. They're mm-hmm. always dangerous, especially Joel when Embiid is the plays MVP. the way that he plays. Right? Uh, yeah, but I, I think, think Tatum, Tatum, and the Celtics—they're they're always going to be there. In they're the always chippy. Right? They don't have. They don't have. A, but here, to your point, I don't. You know, like I don't think. Yes, they have Jaden, but like I don't think they have that guy that's going to take the Celtics over the top. They don't have a Giannis. I mean, like, they, they need Tatum to be that guy, right? And he's not like he's a listen. He's I think he's a depending how big tier one is for you, he's tier one or tier two. But he's not one of them. He's not a Durant. He's not LeBron. No, he's not Giannis. He's not Steph Curry. And so he's somewhere. One, I mean, that's why the Suns did what they did because Chris Paul is no longer one of those guys, and he's yeah. accepted that. He's somewhere in line with a Dame, but Dame yeah. is probably mm-hmm. a more explosive. Yep. And shooter. Dame is firsthand seeing. Right. Right. He's sitting at home watching these playoffs. Yeah. So yeah. I think that you know that's the unfortunate part for Tatum, and you know to kind of bring our show full circle, like. It was great when the Washington Commanders had Robert Griffin, or then they were the Redskins. Like they had Robert Griffin the third doing what he was doing, but then obviously it all went to hell in a handbasket real quick. And that's the fact of the matter. If you don't have the guy, if you don't have the mm. quarterback, like Ryan Fitzpatrick's a fun meme, but what is that really? Or Taylor Heineke, but what is that really going to get not, you in the long? It's not winning a championship, and it's it, that goes across all major sports mm. right now. One hundred percent. Uh, we're going to move to the college ranks, but stay on the hardwood. As you know, John, in addition to being a Iowa women's basketball homer this offseason, or this winter, I should say. Very into Miami, no doubt. Very into Miami. Shout out to my dog, Jazz Roberts, Jackson Mill, Bishop County Zone, starting five, along with Haley Cavender, one of the Cavender twins, who, in case you missed it, uh, two of the most profitable athletes in the NIL era. They transferred to Miami last year from San Jose State, where they began their basketball career. Um, they have announced they are not going to use their final year of eligibility via the COVID rule. Instead, they're beginning a new chapter. Their words, not mine. Uh, they have also signed a name, image, and likeness deal with WWE that dates back to 2021. They've been a part of the WWE's Next in Line program, so a lot of people think That's the next step. That is what the new chapter is. Again, they're coming off an Elite Eight appearance with Miami. They have 4.4 million TikTok followers. They have surpassed more than $1.5 million combined in NIL sponsorships, 30 different brands. How wild is that? So, John, you're a wrestling guy, so take us behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Do you think, number one, the Cavender Twins are going to WWE, which it would be, I mean, I can't think of another women's basketball player that's made that leap. Actually, I can, but but, but not this this high profile, not this high profile. profile. Mm -hmm. And moreover, what other surprise athlete could you see making such a move? Well, I I think you, if we're going to talk about this, you need to have some context as to this NIL program that WWE started a couple years ago, which is actually a pretty cool program where, Basically, these college athletes can become a part of this program where they don't sign WWE deals, but they are allowed to essentially learn the the ropes, no pun intended, of what it would take to train to potentially travel that path should they ever be interested. They're able to go and get in a ring, work out, understand what that's like, learn about the industry while utilizing their image for promotional purposes as well. I think it's a great program, and it's something that gives... Uh, so many athletes, we've we've seen this over the years, college athletes making the jump to MMA or to pro wrestling where they are just so great at what they do that it's a natural transition if they can master the art of it. So I think the Cavender Twins, from a marketability standpoint, they've got everything that you want, right? Aside from just their social media following, they got a great look that in a industry like that can take you a long way they have the uniqueness of being twins which is something that can take you a far way so uh should that they have a podcast they have a podcast should that be the path that they want to take i think they'd be very successful so my my question is physically going from playing women's basketball to play to competing it's very different different. that's that's the part that for me because to answer that second part of that first question I asked you, what other athletes could you see mm-hmm. making the jump? I mean, George Kittle is always is already like one foot in oh, yeah. the ring. Mm-hmm. Pun, pun absolutely intended. He already has the plan. Like, I mean, him, Pat McAfee, the plan is there. But there is some logical 
um, steps to going from playing the sport of football or even the sport of Olympic wrestling to go to WWE. <laughs> Women's basketball, WWE is fascinating. It's the football players are the interesting ones who try to take on pro wrestling because their bodies are so beat up. And you would think they'd be hesitant to throw their body through even more hell. Like when Rob Gronkowski signed with WWE for that period of time, I couldn't believe it because I'm like, this dude's body is so broken down. How is he going to throw in yourself? Here's the thing. So when, when you fall in wrestling, it's called a bump. And the idea of what makes a bump so crazy is that if you, if I were to push you right now, Mia, and you were to fall backwards, your natural instinct would be to get your arm back there to brace your fall, right? Like you'd want to try to protect yourself. When you're falling in a ring, you are taught not to brace your fall. You have to learn how to properly flat, flatten your back, hit the mat, and then release that kinetic energy throughout your body into the rest of the mat. And for athletes like football players, it's so crazy. For a women's basketball player, I think they can be taught that very much. I honestly think those are the athletes that probably have a little more of an advantage if they can get the cardio down, if they can get some of those elements down. Uh, But yeah, I I actually think they would be very successful if they take this path. They also are five foot six guards. So I'm curious, uh, again, I don't think that would be, yeah, I don't think that would be of any concern. Does that help? Does it hurt? I mean, in the world of pro wrestling, the taller you are, the better you are in terms of marketability. But like there are, there are, there are plenty of short. I didn't know if it was like, uh, it sounds bad, but like horse racing, you need to be. No, no. Well, there's plenty of short women who've had very successful careers. So, I don't think that's necessarily something that will hold them back. If they were men and they were five foot six, it would definitely put them in a bit of a corner, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Unintended. Right. Um, I mean, I'm just looking for more larger than life athletes. Like you knew Pat McAfee was going to be a perfect fit for that sort of, and you know, George Kittle is going to, you know, George Kittle will be a perfect fit for something like that. Uh, Giannis, I, I bet you here's, here's a bet. I 100% guarantee you, that at some point in his life, Giannis Antetokounmpo will wrestle a match for a major company. I can't wait. I guarantee it will happen. He is so great. Like, because his personality, he just, mm-hmm. he loves life. I guarantee you, Giannis will have at least one match in his lifetime. Anybody else stand out to you? I'm trying to think now, now that you got the Giannis thing going. Um, here's one for you that I don't know if it, it kind of surprised it didn't happen. I mean, it's football related, but at his peak, why didn't Johnny Manziel just try to pivot to that? Yeah, I don't think Johnny Manziel, uh, I think he's kind of passed his opportunity on that one. You would have thought that he could have capitalized on his name and some of the energy that came around him. Listen, I'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know, kynchat.com, or you can leave us a super chat if you're watching on YouTube. Just drop it right there. I want to hear who you guys think from the major sports world would uh, find a successful transition into the pro wrestling realm should they ever choose to. By the way, the fact that neither of us off the top of the dome and me, well, actually, I take that back. I have an idea. But the fact that neither of us were like this baseball player, I'm not saying you have to be a gregarious and physical and in your face because that's what, you know, so many of these names we've rattled off are. Um, I mean, I would maybe say Acuna just because he's a showman. And I think there's something to be said for that. But, like, the fact that you don't immediately say somebody, maybe that's an indictment on baseball because, like, who's your personality? personality. That we, don't, we could trot him out. The personality? Yeah. Yeah. Like, not- I think you could throw Alex Ovechkin in the ring, and I think he'd be hilarious. <laughs> I suppose he would. Yeah, I'm not sure baseball has a larger-than-life personality that would – and there are a lot of diehard wrestling fans in baseball, too. I've worked with several at MLB Network, but it is – just like. Uh, if they had like a Sean Casey or a Kevin Millar, that would like a Kevin Millar would have been like perfect for that sort of arena, you know? Kevin would, yeah, that's a really good, that's a good one. And he was another one. So like, honestly, like, I don't, you're going to, your jaw is going to drop when I say this. Josh Reddick too was actually a big one. Yeah, Josh Reddick was good. Uh, No, as you say, Kevin Millar, I think 2002, 2003, 2004 Yankees, Red Sox, Aaron Boone. Yeah, no, I'm good on that one. Let's move on to our next one, Mio. Ah, I knew that one would get you. (laughs) Let's move on to our next topic at hand here. We're talking Jordan Spieth. Talk about frustration, right? Jordan Spieth had multiple opportunities to put Matthew Fitzpatrick away at the RBC Heritage this weekend, but 
a couple of missed putts and a bad approach led to another playoff loss at this at, at this year's heritage for last year's heritage winner. Spieth going down, in my opinion, as one of the best that never was, Mia. And he's been pretty successful. But do you agree with that assessment? So I had some listeners who got upset when I said today on the radio that I felt Jordan Spieth once again imploded. And he said making it to a playoff and just coming up an inch short twice is not imploding. And he actually won more money this year by losing this tournament than he did last that's year by fine. winning. Yeah, Isn't well, that that's crazy? and that's another whole can of worms yeah. with Rory McIlroy I want to get into with you too um, because this technically was a designated event and by pulling out, Rory lost money. Um, so not great look there for Mr. PGA Tour. Um, but no, I think with Spieth, I apologize to the listener and I said, no, you're right. Like this week he didn't implode. But I mean, you look at this guy's scorecard week in and week out, John, and it is a roller coaster ride. And that's what the listener agreed. Like that's the better assessment. I mean, buckle up because he's going to pull ahead. He's going to bury himself into a hole. He's going to come back. He's going to have some inexplicable hole out that you're like, how did you do that? And then, you know, unfortunately, for the last few years, it all ends up being, you know, a great show, but for naught because it doesn't result in a win. Well, like Mia, when he won the three majors in 2015, right? And everyone's like, all right, we've got our next Tiger. This is it. This is the guy. What's the one thing that he doesn't have that Tiger did have throughout his career? Personality. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. The killer instinct, right? Yes. He has never been able to just put it away. And this is a successful golfer. Most golfers would take Jordan Spieth's career, 13 career wins in the PGA with four majors, and they'd be like, that is a Hall of Fame-level career. I'm very happy with that. But you feel like Spieth is a disappointment because you know what this guy could have been. We This guy could have been one of the all-time greats, and he still has time. He's just 29 years old. For all we know, Mia, the next 10 years, he wins – Eight more majors. Yeah, I mean, Phil, Phil didn't win a major till he was 33. Right. So it's totally possible Jordan Spieth could become an all-time great. But it just feels like he's on that track of one of the best that never was. Yeah, I'm pulling up his uh, results this season so far. Because Jordan Spieth did say yesterday he feels as good as he's felt since 2017, which was when he last won the Open Championship, the last golf. major. He's playing great golf. I mean, you look at his results from the last, you know, season and a half if you want to count the fall I mean he shoots a 66 to end yesterday's round he probably could have shot a 65 or 64 he had a couple nice saves there uh he shoots a 66 on the final day at the Masters if not for again an ungodly 76 on Saturday which we can blame the rain rain in Augusta that's fine I mean he's right there he was t4 to begin with I mean he probably wins the whole damn thing if he doesn't have that happen on Saturday but again he fights his way back he's only missed what one He's missed two cuts this year since the President's Cup, which for him is huge because last year, again, it was all over the place. You were either T5 or you were getting cut left and right with Jordan Speed. Mm-hmm. So uh, his worst finish this year, this calendar year, I should say, um, not including the Pro-Ams, T19, John, at the Players' Championship. So do you believe that we will look back at Jordan's career and say, oh, what he could have been? No, because I don't. He has never really, outside of losing his putter over the last five years, he has never suffered a significant injury. Um, I've really actually enjoyed uh, Smiley Kaufman on the broadcast crew for NBC, um, and that's a guy who his body failed him. Tiger Woods. I mean, he's only forty-seven, only, but he's forty-seven. Obviously, he got a jump start on his PGA career. Um, but his body is failing him. And even Rory McIlroy, there's a lot of speculation of, is he hurt? Is that why he pulled out of this week's contest? You also look at how Jordan Spieth plays, John, and we'll get to this with my beast of the week. Um, You're not seeing, like, he doesn't rip the ball. Like, it doesn't look like he's Mm -hmm. absolutely crushing it like a John Rahm. And part of that is John's a bigger guy. The torque is not there. I agree with that. Right. And so I don't, that's the beauty of Jordan Spieth. Similar to Phil Mickelson. Like, Phil didn't rip through every ball like where you know he was exerting such force and he was in the gym and getting he didn't start lifting until what he was like 40 I mean he probably lifted before that but like in terms of like the weird emaciated faces that he makes now like that's a recent thing with Phil and so that's where I think Spieth's best golf could very well still be ahead of him I hope it Um, is has it been a disappointing 20s yes but his 20s 
look like a lot of our 20s. We, we had highs and we had lows and we we're going to just keep trucking we had along. Highs, we had highs early on in our 20s. And then as right. And then we got like lost there in the middle. But that's the beauty of turning 30. The best is around the corner. And I believe that is true no for Jordan Spieth. Well, speaking of injuries, uh, I don't know if the best is around the corner for this man, John. Uh, John Carlos Stanton thought he hit a home run Saturday. He starts walking to first base. Turns out it wasn't a home run. It went off the wall. So then he tries to sprint to second, and he strains his hamstring. He has played, John, in approximately 50% of the games that he could have played in during his Yankee tenure so far. Is being injury-cursed a real thing, or is this part of Stanton's physical makeup and we're just seeing the byproduct of it? Did you see this play? No, I was at a bachelorette all weekend, so I didn't get to see it. It is worth watching because he crushes the ball off the bat. Everyone thinks it's gone. He kind of he starts walking. There, kind of stands there, watches it, starts walking. Michael K calls it a home run on the broadcast. It didn't even go off the top of the wall. It went off the bottom of the wall. It just died in midair, and it didn't carry the way they thought. So he starts sprinting, and then he comes up. He gets taken out for a pinch runner, and then next thing you know, on the IL, strained hamstring, second strained hamstring with the Yankees. Uh, last year or two years ago, he had one, and he missed about 40 games due to it. So I imagine it will be something of that nature. It's crazy because this is a guy that dramatically changes your lineup when he's in it and he's playing well. Dramatically changes it. He gets Aaron Judge to see more pitches. He gets Anthony Rizzo to see more pitches because teams are afraid to face him when he's on. But he, as you said, he's played in barely 50% of the games that he's been eligible to play for for the New York Yankees since the trade in 2018. That is problematic in every which way. Do I believe that the injury curse is real? I'm not superstitious, Mia, but I'm a little stitious when it comes to instances like this because there are just some guys that for whatever reason – cannot stay healthy and it's not like this is consistently one thing for him yeah because it's something different one time time. it's the hamstring then it's his calf then it's his oblique i understand he's a big built man but at some point you got to be asking what is going on here and i think it's also reflective of the respective team's training staff to figure out what is going on here what say you especially because the yankees have how many players on the il right now a lot so that and they had a lot Last they called year. me about playing right field last oh, year. Oh, right. I thought you were more of a like a first baseman, second baseman. First base, second base, definitely not first. Yeah. Base. Yeah, I was going to say, that's more of your makeup. Plus, um, no, I, I'm just scrolling Anthony through. Anthony Rizzo playing very well right now, so we're not going to I love Anthony Rizzo. But that's the other thing, too, is if Stanton, you know, can play, can't play, then you can find some more at-bats for Rizzo, maybe at the DH spot. And so then I mean, you're I expecting suppose, him to play more. I mean, do you believe in injury prone? That's always something we hear. Yeah, I do only because I have uh, a good buddy of mine um, who uh, like not injury prone, um, but like she's just had weird health scares. Like, and, and it's something different. Like first it was she tore two ACLs when we were kids. Then it was she had this weird esophageal thing. And then it turns out the esophageal thing has now led to stomach ulcers. And then that led to epilepsy. And it's like, how does this keep happening? So, and that's someone who's a non-athlete. And so these people that are exerting such force into their body day in and day out over an elongated period of time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to happen. It is quite, uh, quite wild. Uh, number one, that Giancarlo Stan has been a Yankee since 2018 um, because it doesn't feel like it's been that long because again, he's only played in 50% of the games. Um, but secondly, more years on that contract. He has only played John. He's been in the national in, in major league baseball since 2010. How many times do you think he's played more than 145 games? Three. You would be correct. His first season in New York, his last season in Miami and then his second season in the league. Yeah, yeah, the MVP season. That's what they sold him on. Yeah, that's uh, that all sounds about right. But you get what you pay for. And they knew what they were getting into bed with there. It's just the whole injury prone. It was very, like, old school Yankees to make that deal. It was like, we have a, well, we have but, money, but so we're just going to do it. But the thing is. And we went to the we went to the ALCS last year. So he we're is a game changer when he's in the lineup. But he's just How do you not, feel about him as a fielder, though? At this, I mean, at they this barely season. had him in the field. He's barely been out there because he can't run out there so i don't know guys all i say 
less lifting weights, more yoga, right? Yeah. Good. Although I, I have been told stretching isn't real uh, per a local physical therapist, but strengthening the muscle sure. is real. Sure. Which is and yoga. NFL players sometimes take ballet classes to become more nimble. Bar classes. Do a little ballet. Strengthen the muscle. Do some Thai bow. I don't care what you do. Just let's stay with baseball, though, John. Yes, we got two more it. topics to go. This, this, this was, oh, uh, yes. this, this was today, the 127th Boston Marathon. I'm not even going to bring up running here because running makes me exhausted. Just even thinking about it. But congratulations to everyone who ran in the Boston Marathon. Always a cool event. Uh, but with Boston Marathon means it's Patriots Day in Boston. The Red Sox annual tradition to play an 11 a.m. baseball game. And with the pitch clock, if the game goes well, you, you might be done before one thirty. You can go get some There's lunch. people still out that. there running, and you're done with the baseball sure. game. Uh, there were some rain delays this year, unfortunately, so that did not become the case. But during one of the rain delays, the fans out in right center field there in uh, Fenway Park. How warm was it in Boston today? I know it's been, like, unseasonably warm, warm like, in Ithaca. It, like it, rained, it snowed in the Midwest yesterday. I think it was, like, low 60s. But uh, yeah, they they had a little celebration in the stands there. 11 a.m. baseball. Could you get down with some? uh, 54, by the way. Could you get down with the notion of more morning sporting events, Mia? Um, So I go back and forth on this because I love when, um, oh, I hate when there's rain delays in golf. But I love, like we saw with the Masters last week or even the Players' Championship earlier this year and last year, um, when you can wake up and there's golf already on. And I know there's a lot of folks out on the West Coast that love that you can wake up on an NFL Sunday or a college football Saturday and there's already football on. Um, I personally, like for me, again, I only lived on the West Coast during the spring. And so it was during the playoffs for NFL. Um, And I liked how the games were done by six or seven o'clock. And so that's what's curious with the baseball is if it's done at one or two o'clock. I mean, granted, it's a Monday, um, but, you know, then be like get the rest of your day. You got to wake up a little bit earlier, but then you have the rest of your day. So yeah, I think there's some notion to it. I, I'm very excited. Obviously, this is a holiday, so I would think the TV ratings and because folks up in the New England area have off from school and off from work, um, I would think that the ratings are decent. Um, but I don't know. What do you? What say you, John? I just can't imagine athletes are in favor of an 11 a.m. start time for any sport. Well, wait, so let's go back to actually Tiger Woods because um, because of the Masters rain delays and because he was in the early and the late group, they said for that early tea time, the Thursday of the Masters, he had to get up at like 3.34 in the morning yeah. to get worked out and ready to go. And I'm sure baseball players well, would have a similar situation. I mean, and I know I always groan when if I play around a golf and they're like, I made our tea time. I'm like, oh, what time? They're like 8.30. I'm like, ugh. Uh, like I am not, I am not my mortal self at eight thirty in the morning, ready to go play around a golf. I'm sorry, I'm just not, and I'm a scrub, so I can't even imagine pro athletes what they have to go through in that sense, where they got to get their bodies ready to be at full steam ahead at eleven a.m. Like you're a baseball player, you're a pitcher, and you're expected to be throwing ninety nine at eleven in the morning. That's I don't know, and this isn't just baseball but i wouldn't hate like if we had this every now and then like imagine if hypothetically nba on christmas Mm -hmm. the first game tipped off at 10 a.m and you've got christmas basketball all day long from 10 a.m to 8 p.m where it's just i mean look at what college football saturdays are i I mean even Mm -hmm. living in the midwest for three years like game time started at 11 yeah Uh i mean it was great like i mean aside from when i had to work the games because then i you know was late night Friday night football and then you're up at seven and do it again the next day um but no it was nice because if you did have that 11 a.m kickoff you had the rest of the day to watch the rest of the games and like enjoy yourself all right Mia beast of the week time I want to know who or what was just the most beast thing you saw in sports this past week so I alluded to it uh earlier in the program a little bit uh I was going to say I'm calling an audible John okay But uh, I was going to say Matthew Fitzpatrick because this little man, I mean, and he's not little because that sounds mean, but he is little. Matthew Fitzpatrick clocks in at 5'10", 154, soaking wet. (laughs) Yeah, but have you seen this guy? I'm just saying I'm 5'10". My boyfriend is 5'9". Like it doesn't like this. Matthew Fitzpatrick is a very, a very soft, small frame. 
Okay. But when that guy unloads his backswing, it just, he crushes it. I don't know how, but he crushes it. However, I'm calling an audible. Did you see what happened in the University of Florida baseball game on Sunday, John? No, I did not. Have you heard of Jack Caglione? Uh-huh. Okay. So he currently leads college baseball in home runs. Uh, he is also the modern-day college football version of Shohei Otani because he also is a pitcher. In yesterday's game, in which the Florida uh, Gators overcame an early deficit and defeated the Georgia Bulldogs, um, Jack Caglione, uh, I should let me preface this by saying that Florida's relief pitcher who came in for Caglione uh, gets thrown out of the game by the umpire because he was excessive celebration. Jack Caglione then hits the game-winning grand slam. Nuts. And he just, but then he just didn't celebrate, John. Google it. It's great. He just, he just, he just stone-faced, crossed home plate. Everybody else is like cheering, and he just literally just goes. Hmm. And Penguins his way back to the dugout. To ensure in celebration. That he not be thrown out for excessive celebration. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna go with Demar Derozan's daughter. Have you seen this? this yeah, has been, this has been this awesome. upset me though. No, but I'm I'm about it. I'm not. I love her, but I love I'm me. all about the R. DeRozan. These idiot fans that are trying to harass her because she was she was doing what every other small child has done if they've supported a sibling at a high school basketball game. Players at the free throw line. She's shouting, trying to get them to miss. She screamed, I should say. It was great. I loved her, but then it was upsetting to see that the you know. They had to call in like stupid fans. Ruined yeah, police that. to like escort this little girl out of the well, building. That's why I'm giving her beast of the week because you keep shouting. Yeah, if if we're gonna sit here and be blind to fan, fans do so much worse than that while they're in the stands. I'd rather that than someone shouting a racial slur or obliterately falling down over a couple of different rows because they can't stand because they're so belligerent. I'm about this, Mister Rosen. You're my beast of the week. That's all I got to say. This has been Out of Bounds here on Know Your News. Check with us every single Monday night here, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. She's me, O'Brien. She's hydrating. I'm John Alba. I'm dehydrating. We'll see you next time right here on Out of Bounds. Roses are red. Violets are blue. I click the subscribe button. You really should, too. If you like videos about real news stories that are funny, stupid, or weird, subscribe now.